0: Damn, Brandon, I'm so stupid, dude. I wish I could learn how to do one thing right.
1: Dude, you should check out Listenable.io. What in
0: the hell is Listenable.io?
1: It's this brand new, awesome learning platform. It's all by audio, dude. They just plug it right into your earphones. Whatever you want to hear, they teach you about.
0: I don't like audio. I don't like podcasts.
1: Dude, you're going to want to hear everything they have to offer. They have courses on like self-improvement, history, a whole bunch of stuff, man. I'm deaf. Okay, well, and eventually you're going to have to work for yourself here. But, dude, I, I I just actually got onto their platform. I just published my first history learning course on there about the golden age of the Arab Empire and the science uh, they're in. Not a fan of
0: Arabs, but you know what, man? I think that what you're telling me may lead to my education and my, my enlightenment of some sort. So, uh, I mean, wh-
1: where do I go? How do I follow through with this? Easy as this. It's listenable dot io but they gave us a 30 percent off coupon that any of our what listeners, what the fuck yeah i know it's great man any of our listeners are going to be able to find this in the description of this episode so guys check this out it's a super super cheap service it's like five dollars per month and it's way better than anything you're going to find on youtube or any of these other audio learning uh, platforms just check it out guys use our coupon code support the show support your brains
0: has questions that aren't being answered ladies and gentlemen welcome to yet another episode of dangerous world podcast very interesting topic this evening getting into disney disneyland disney world the pedophilia the mk ultra the monarch mind control all kinds of fun stuff brandon did you have fun
1: with this one i said you brought some heat in this one too man Dude, this is one that's hard to ignore just because the Disney corporation is so prevalent and in my household, uh it is also very very prevalent. I mean, I I actually totally enjoy Pixar movies, uh even sure. Matt who we who we talk about Disney with, um you know, isn't uh, completely affronted to them just sees that in a certain light uh, a lot of the messages that they put out could be construed to be you know, something a little bit darker than, uh, than, than the super fuckable characters that they present to us in their movies. Right.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Great guy here. Matt, uh, M a T dot T dot four, four, nine, nine. Great, great guy. Super, super fun to talk to really knowledgeable with this stuff too. Um, if anyone in the podcast world wants to get into the Disney conspiratorial stuff, I would recommend reaching out to him. He's all over our Instagram. He's a uh, fun and lovable Patreon subscriber, just like all of our best friends in this world are. Um, But with that being said, guys, I mean, there's not much uh, meat up front here other than just the uh, usual housekeeping. Visit DangerousWorldStore.com for your shirts. Um, Got our first Canadian customer very recently, which I'm very honored to uh, be expanding out of the United States. Um, Free shipping in the U.S. on the website and then very, very uh, discounted rates uh, for all of our, uh, you know, family overseas and and, in the northern and southern neighbors of the United States. Um, Also, patreon.com slash dangerous world subscribe for three dollars to get the extended versions of all these episodes. And then $5, which Brandon has been working on getting all of our older episodes archived because we are hitting a bandwidth threshold on our uh, Anchor podcasting uh, platform. And then Ryan's Rants is going to be coming out this month too. And then we may start the Brandon's Bible as well, which I'm sure will be full of excitement. Uh, so we'll see how all that goes but um yeah we'll see we'll see what's up guys three dollars get all this uh get all this information we get into some fun stuff but guys enjoy the disney episode matt t4499 is a great guest to have on check them out enjoy the show you have a a child right a, a yep. younger younger kid um is he into disney like every other kid no and that's partially my
2: fault um you know we kind (laughs) of we kind of kept him away from it you know as as a little guy um he he was allowed to watch some cartoons sure you know but i I tried to we tried to steer away from the tv as much as possible uh especially the disney's nickelodeons and and things like that although i mean he watched it he's a kid and he got some time in it but we're not like a disney family you know, I have right. I have um, you know members of my indirect family that are like Disney families. They go every year, you know, and I couldn't even talk to them about this stuff because it would blow their mind
0: and they'd be crushed and and definitely never talk again. Well, dude, see that's the weird thing about this Disney stuff. And then like when you have kids, I I don't have kids myself. I, I've mentioned that several times, and it's like, who am I? to to tell anyone how they can raise their kids right but so many people get into the idea where like well dude you're like all about this stuff you know when are you going to uh you know tell your kid about how the world really works and it's almost like they have to find out on their own right like you can't you don't want your kid to be the first one to know that santa claus doesn't exist but you don't want them to be the last right I, i forget who said that but it's a very real thing where um you kind of don't want to red pill your kids too early because then they're going to grow up and be sociopaths um so i mean it's a tough thing to to navigate when you have a kid uh this crazy world that is so um you know getting into disney and getting into all this stuff it's a very tough thing but um the world where we're at right now, dude, it's just such a, such a shitty spot, dude. So, I mean, like what, what is it like kind of raising a kid in this time? I just wanted to kind of find that out. It,
2: it was not bad until last year, you sure. know, I didn't, I didn't, you know, and not knowing it, I have one son yeah. and, uh, you know, we, it was normal. Everything was normal. And then all of a sudden, when COVID hit and, and all the madness broke out from that, that's when things really got weird as a parent, because then you're, you know, that parental instinct kicks in and you just want to put him in a barrier, you know, make sure he's safe. Not only from the, it turned out from the virus, which we were never scared of from the beginning. Um, but the propaganda that surrounded it and the brainwashing and the BLM stuff and, You know, and that's where it got difficult because, I mean, my son plays video games and, you know, when he turned on Call of Duty, it was a big BLM message. And then I have to explain it to him. And uh, and, you know, certain commercials, you know, he's like, Dad, why is that guy dressed like a lady and things like that? You know, just all all this stuff. And then it got into the mask because we, you know, we just kept him at home and homeschooled him last year. Um, But then this year uh, I I moved up to Massachusetts and, you know, we're in a small town. So I was like, okay, you know, it's not a crazy city like New York City where you really have to worry about your kids. It's good people up here, but they're just mandated by the state. So they have to follow guidelines. And that's where it got tricky because I'm very... uh, you know not very but more knowledgeable than most on you know masks and and the negative side effects of them and prolonged use exposure and things like that and that's where it really bothered me because knowing the information and still having to battle with my other half on what is being decided for him is a very very it puts a lot of pressure on you you know individually yeah. as a couple as a town you know how do you cuz a lot of parents are in the same boat I am they know they don't want their kids in mass but they have to send their kid to school you know they can't homeschool them they i mean obviously you can you have that option but it's not problem it's not prob- probable at this time
0: well and you want you know a lot of kids you want them to have that public school experience now i understand that a lot of kids get a lot out of being homeschooled or being in private school brandon was in uh You were in uh, homeschooling, right, Brandon? Uh, After a certain age, and like it's gotten you a a very interesting perspective on life. I mean, talk (laughs) about—I'm not saying that like in a in a condescending way at all. I mean, like it's just a different. We need different people throughout life. If everyone thought the fucking same way, this is how you end up being Nazi Germany, right? Um, So, I mean, like, what is what's the difference in your opinion, Brandon, of homeschooling? I know that you haven't given a kid homeschool, um, but like just you going through homeschool. Um, And I know it was very religious based versus someone that is going through the public or private school system.
1: Yeah, just by way that both systems are built, it puts the onus if you're homeschooling puts the onus more on the parents. Um, my, my own history was riddled. Yeah. With, with some religiosity also, um, with the fact that my parents did not believe, uh, very specifically as Hillary Clinton had said that it takes a village to raise a kid. They saw something yeah. a little bit iffy about the idea that, that I think that about the facts i think that is just a fact that more people than than parents get an influence on how a kid grows up that's the way it sure. quote unquote should be and always will be i think they just were more measured on how much influence the, the 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 secular world wanted to have on me you just if you if you like the culture though if you like the culture that you're in the public school system is is a good place now every not every public school system is, is, is the same. Obviously, we've set up a really good, I think, laboratory for figuring out how kids can learn best. And honestly, some kids learn one way better than another way and, and vice versa. Yeah. So you got to experiment. That's all on the onus of the parent. And uh, unfortunately, it doesn't take an adult to be a parent, <laughs> it seems. And that uh, some people will treat the state um, the public school system, just like their nanny. And that's the the root of the nanny state. And it, people will very often talk about the fact that, you know, quotes from Hitler, obviously, saying like, you know, if you want to change yes. a society, you start by the education of the kids. Um, that's not a a, a, <laughs> a bad thing to think, and it's not a bad practice to work on. It just puts more onus on the parents and then the larger society to keep uh, a check on what their local public schools are, are doing with the kids. And that's tough, man, because Disney, Disney is somewhat of that kind of a nanny as well. There are there are values being, being preached uh, from them, and I think some of them stand staunchly in the face of a lot of, especially uh, conservative religious culture. Um, I'll be honest, Matt. Uh, I, I you, you might have mentioned your family's not a Disney family. I just watched uh, Soul this morning from from Disney, which is a new Pixar one. I when I watch Disney's movies. I understand I can see that they have produced that work of art. Every single movie that they come up with is really really good in my opinion, but it's not always because it's like new and and off the wall or or experimental. It's because they have so many people who have had so much success just tinkering with what makes a really really good absorbing movie. And what they do, especially for, is kids because with kids comes a whole bunch more than the movie sales, right? It's also got merchandising that goes along with it too. Uh, so, so I can see how Disney can be a uh, a line in from the secular world, and uh, by extension, the the Illuminati, the people you who you guys are thinking are ruling the secular world. Um, that can be a good in. That that makes sense. So I'm excited to get into it, man.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I don't want to jump the gun too much here. Um, as far as like you know, MK Ultra things like that, like that's that was what I mostly did my research on was how Disney was connected to mind control, right? Because what do they say about mind control? You get the kids young and you have them forever. And what's very interesting with Disney, he had this uh, Mickey Mouse Club, right? And the abbreviation for it was MMC. And I found it really interesting that you get MMC part of uh, MK Ultra, which was a monarch mind control. That's MMC too. And what monarch mind control does, it brings a lot of subliminal messaging, a lot of occult ritualistic uh, sort of um, aspects to it. And it creates future behavior is what monarch mind control does. Um, so is Disney... And the Mickey Mouse Club, the MMC, part of the other MMC, the Monarch Mind Control Program, which is literally just shaping generations and generations of behavior and creating, like, in my opinion, what it seems to be a lot of these kids that grew up watching Disney, a lot of the 20 and 30 year olds, they're blindly following this mask mandate shit. And they're blindly just kind of accepting it. You know, my younger sister, even. Um, has a has a tough time not wanting to wear the mask, even though you know in arizona here we're we're free to go. you know you don't have to wear a mask if you've been vaccinated, but they're not asking for papers. We're not at that stage yet of the Nazi regime. It's just it's simply it's it's all on word of mouth. Um, so I mean I'm curious to 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 you know where you want to start with this Matt because it's a it's very real dude. the the mind control from Disney seems to be resonating in a lot of ways. Yeah, and,
2: and the one thing, you know, that is prevalent, you know, in post-World War II America in general is the theme of inversion, right? Especially when you get into the Freemason, occult, you know, what we call the Illuminati, Brandon quoted us as, uh, you know, those guys, them, whoever <laughs> they are, right? That's yeah. who we're looking at. And the fact that they have that ability To invert. And and what they do is they present something. And actually, I'll, I'll read a quote here from Albert Pike from Morals and Dogma. And he says Masonry, like all the religions, all the mysteries, Hermeticism and alchemy, conceals its secrets from all except the adepts and the sages or the elect and uses false explanations and misinterpretations of symbols to mislead those who deserve only to be misled, to conceal the truth, which it calls light from them and draw to them away from it truth is not for those who are unworthy or unable to receive it mm.
1: and so you, it's almost like
2: he's saying you know we're putting it out there but you're not catching it you know exactly into the that and that kind of trails into that whole uh, revelation of the law or revelation of the act revelation of the method whichever one you want to go with um and whereas they put things out there with two meanings, right? And 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 one of the interesting things when you get into that, Walt Disney himself was that, right? There was Walt Disney, the human being, who was very flawed. And then there was Walt Disney, the image, who was crisp you know cleaner he was whitewashed and and it's very and that's how i look at disney i see the two sides of it right there there's very good sides of it you know they do great production like brandon said they they found a way to present stories to you that is impressive but at the same time there are some undertones to it that can be seen as dark
0: well i mean is it just me or is it that? All of the Disney movies, especially, you know, when I was coming up, like uh, Brandon and I, I mean, that was one thing I was going to ask Brandon if he was ever shown Disney movies, like in his own uh, home life as a kid. But I know he saw like a ton of Disney movies at my house with my parents. Aristocrats was a big one. Jungle Book. Um, All of these movies where the theme, the underlying, like under the undertones of the movie are a broken family. That's literally one of the most basic things. You got Bambi where the mother dies, the aristocrats where they're all alley cat. And like, you know, no, there's no strong mother and father figure, even with the aristocrats, there's no dad cat, you know, this, this alley cat comes in and starts raising these cats. Um, Pinocchio doesn't have parents, right. Or uh, I guess he doesn't have a mom. Every single one of these movies, the mother and the father figures, are either presented as dumb, or it's a broken family of sorts. And I find that very interesting that like our parents at the time, you know, the boomer generation, where, you know, it was just like, Oh, this is a great movie. It's wholesome. It's Disney, right. And I'm not blaming any of them. But it's just like, dude, like, it's the same theme time and time again, where you just see a broken family, a a child that is like, kind of lost trying to find their own way. And I, I just think that that's kind of an interesting component of the whole thing, because, um, you know, the idea that that Disney wasn't just a Freemason, he was part of this other order. Um, it was like the the De, De Roy or what is do you know what I'm talking the about? Demolay. Demolay. Yeah. This yeah, is like Jacques named, they were named
2: after Jacques Demolay. Yeah. The head of the Knights the Templar. And yeah, well, were, let's get into that. Yeah. They it, it's interesting with that because they actually started in 1919. And Disney was initiated as the 107th member. I don't know why I know that, but uh, uh, in 1920. <laughs> um, and he was only 19 years old, which he, he had just come back from uh, World War I. Um, he worked for the Red Cross and the Ambulance Corps in World War One over in Germany and France. And he came back and, you know, didn't really know what he wanted to do. And, and, and somehow hooked up in, and got hooked up into this demolet uh organization which is the youth version you know the jv team for the uh the freemasons and, and folks like that it's for uh
0: ages kids, 12 12 yes. to
2: 21 yes yeah and uh and it's it's interesting because they're they are basically sponsored by the freemasons you know they are uh and on their website they don't deny it so now, to, some will say, okay, well, he was in the Demolay. Now, automatically, he's a 33rd degree deep state Freemason. I don't know if you can draw that conclusion. You know, the evidence isn't really out there. But on the other side, it definitely shows that he has the knowledge, right? He has the gnosis of the secret societies or the, the higher knowledge of these, of
0: these folks. So he's in the know, so to speak. Absolutely. Well, and dude, he was also part of the Rosicrucians from what I understood, which it's funny you bring up the Red Cross because the Rosicrucians, it's and the Knights Templar, it's that that red uh, X, uh, you know, cross, if you will. And um, I mean, the Rosicrucians, as far as like, you know, comparing them to the Freemasons, the Freemasons are more concerned with like materialistic things, uh, trying to be like the highest members of society, whether it be governmental uh, influential, uh, people that are in the forefront of things, but these Rosicrucians are more about spiritualism. Right. And so with Disney, he was just really interested. It seems, um, into getting behind the spirit of, in my opinion, the child and, and trying to figure out how you can shape generation after generation after generation and shaping the destiny of really the world because let's face it dude the the entire world takes their culture from the united states even in china and russia you see these guys rapping and you see all of them doing this stuff in their own language and trying to mimic the western culture and the the united states is the spearhead of that western culture in my opinion and maybe someone can change my mind but um when you have someone that's so powerful that starts off you know, very, you know, I, I, do you know anything about his family, Walt Disney's family?
2: Yeah, well, he he was, and that's another one, you go out there, and there's all sorts of conspiracy theories out there about he's some adopted love child. And yeah. this and that, but there's really no substance to it. I mean, there's, there's witnesses that witnessed his mother being pregnant. Um, so she didn't fake that for nine months. So I, I go with the story that he is, he lived a normal life, he grew up uh, in the Midwest. Um, early 1900s and uh you know him and his brother roy uh you know he walt was very patriotic he wanted to get into the uh he tried to get into the armed services uh it was age 17 at the time he was only 16 he forged his papers trying to get in but didn't get in
1: um He's, and he, then he, he stood against the the commie rush too i know it he uh he testified once in front of the House Un-American Activities Committee, which was uh, McCarthy's big, big project later. Um, he was like one of the few good ones, at least the the state said, um, that, that they looked to to say like, hey, who do you think uh, in your organizations are commies? And I have we have specific uh, instances where he's like calling certain people out, even literally spelling person's names out because he was um, in the midst of a labor union fight, I believe. And he fi- yeah. Disney fired a whole bunch of people just saying like, dude, they're doing all this commie shit. I don't, I'm, I'm not down with that. So I, I, I would like to ask later if that, if that is an inversion tactic or if that is actually a, a, uh, something passed down through his Midwestern American loving roots, because I, I think he's, We'll see a couple times here. He's almost like the American version of, of, of Goebbels. You know, he's like a huge propaganda artist and a very powerful Absolutely. one at
2: that. Yeah. And, and he got into that heavy in World War II, right? In the propaganda. He, he was big for, you know, with, with anti-Nazi, anti-Japanese. Uh, I mean, it was and it was some pretty borderline racist stuff. <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, in in, uh, in Mark Elliott's books called uh, "Walt Disney: Hollywood's Dark Prince," I think this was the first time that someone had accused Disney of being an informant for the FBI. Actually, uh, all the way from 1940 to 1966, when he died, uh, and a lot of his activities that were said to be said to have been conducted alongside the FBI, they were they were based in the the the, the cold the cold war fe- uh, fever after you know after world war ii and yeah because that cold war started i had its roots in djangoistic, xenophobic uh a lot of the times um misogynistic uh you know complaints about the other culture i think that it's almost like he he you would have expected someone of his caliber to be a little bit racist i mean he he looked up to ford henry ford who was just another titan of industry and ford is a notorious like He's saying exactly what Martin Luther kind of thought of the Jews from from 500 years prior. It's kind of a I gotta say a little little interesting strain in the the Protestant Christian uh, uh, mindset I think we see a lot of this the foreign Catholics or the foreign Jews uh, you know fears about them I'll be I'll be straight with you I think that the fears about the Rosicrucians and the what are they called? The, uh, the Jesuits. Knights Templar? The, no, the Jesuits oh. is somewhat based in that fear. Like it's you know the reason that we didn't have a Catholic president until JFK. And then they offed him too, right? <laughs> well, do you
0: and like you're, you're mentioning, Brandon, you're mentioning like the modern day Goebbels is, or not modern day, but like the, the American version of Goebbels is what Disney was. And, you know, we were talking a little bit about um, the whole Netflix idea, right? Like Netflix comes from the Bernays family. You know, like the, the, like Edward Bernays, you know, this is like the, the, the father of propaganda um, Sigmund Freud, he's related to as well, who like this Sigmund Freud was, uh, I mean, you, you would know more about him, but it like um, psychoanalysis was what Ber- uh, Sigmund Freud was all about. And they have a history of not only pedophilia, but like abuse in their own families as well. Right. And you get this time and time again where uh, the guy's name that uh, ended up founding Netflix. He's a co-founder and the original CEO and the great nephew of Edward Bernays. Um, This is Randall. uh, Sorry. um, Mark Bernays Randolph, maybe. I don't know what it is. But yeah, it's just interesting to me that you get this Bernays family going through time and transcending all kinds of cultures. And then you just get the same idea, right? Because TV is gone. Um, Disney isn't what it used to be. They, they even had to try and jump into the game with Netflix and streaming as far as trying to suck up people's time and uh, just getting a bunch of people focused. But you get this Bernays family. Uh, again, the the founding member, a founding family of propaganda. And they're just doing the same shit that Disney was doing pushing their ideas. I mean, what has Netflix done? They did like uh, cuties. They did like the first temptation of Christ where he was gay, um, all kinds of, of shit. They even did a thing where uh, Poland was accused of, uh, or, or not accused, but like portrayed as the ones that like started putting the Jews in, in uh, Holocaust camps. I think it's the devil next door was the name of the, the film. So you just see it so much where the propaganda and in, in, in reality is flipped over on its side to push their agenda. And I just find it interesting, dude, that it's all these families doing the same shit.
2: Well, and, and, and all who, who does it really tie back to? In, in the end, it's usually CIA. There's sure. some sort of CIA fingers in the pot um, and, 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 because they seem to be the modern version of the um, propaganda arm. Of, of the. US you know but, from a media standpoint and that goes back to Mockingbird you know yeah. and 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 that was in the mi- early mid 50s
1: there's some very specific Definitely instances been. of the CIA and Walt Disney being together too so this is a a, a, a in, in the 101 course of any kind of Disney history I know but I think it is interesting it always is is just stands out because of the fact that we're talking about these elites rubbing elbows so so often together and here's a great example so this Paul Hallwell, who ran the CIA operations in Southwest Asia, and William Wild Bill Donovan, uh, were, who was head of the World War II uh, OSS, right? This was the organization that eventually came to be the CIA. They helped uh, Walt Disney purchase land uh, for Disney World, actually, because uh, Disney had had this bad experience building Disneyland in where he he bought the land, right, for Disneyland, uh, it opened in 1955 and around Disneyland was popping up all of these all of these mom, all well, these hokey shops people just, that just knew that people were going to be driving to Disneyland And were going to want to buy and and Walt really didn't like the idea of that So he bought a whole bunch more land than he needed and he used these covert Techniques that the CIA would use to make sure that each individual seller of land wasn't privy to the fact that it was Walt Disney who was going to buy it up, because if they knew that it was Walt Disney who was buying their land, they would have jacked their prices up artificially themselves before the, before selling it, right? I think they got they uh, Walt Disney ended up getting a certain part of Disney of or his Orlando property for like a hundred to something as, as low as eighty dollars per acre, which even if you like, it's it's cheap. Period. Like just period. Um, so yeah, their their coordination. Is is very very well known now. These guys, hellowell and Donovan, they had their own like practice outside of the CIA, outside of the OSS, like they normally do. They're literally like they are. They're creating shell companies just for this project with Walt Disney, so that you can, so that when they were approaching these different landowners and say, "Hey, why don't you sell us your land?" They could say, "Hey, that you're actually going to sell it to this shell company," and Strangely enough, if you walk down the street of Disney World today, there are buildings that were bought uh, under those those shell companies that the CIA guys had founded, and you can see those shell companies' names still on the buildings right there. So if you, you know, they're they're almost like proud That's of crazy. the way that they that they they fucked a whole bunch of people out of their money. They're even winning. They went, even went on to buy like, create their own municipalities, right? Creating their own governments so that they could control the ta- the tax structure. They, uh, they, they formed a, a town called Celebration, I believe, Florida, um, which is a lot of people have ideas about it as being kind of like a step stepford wives kind of vibe like it's just a perfect pristine place and like you do when you have a whole bunch of rich really powerful people together who those are the people that are living here in celebration right um they're all fucking each other's wives like it's a huge it's a huge or uh, a swinger swinger den which again happens all like all over the place in the military especially amongst like uh fighter jet pilots Something about power and sex and throwing around your wife just melds in these societies. And it's, it's it's a creepy vibe to it. I've
0: actually heard that, dude. And I've heard also, too, with what you're saying, Brandon, with the older buildings. I've heard that it even ties in with Tartaria. And I haven't really like looked into it too much, but supposedly like Disney World. That's the one in Florida, correct? With yeah. ERCOT? Yeah. Okay, so this is the one that supposedly it's built on like Tartarian. Ruins, uh, again, I don't know shit about Totaria, and we're looking forward to this uh round table type episode that we're gonna do about it, but um you know, tons of ancient and I mean there's a lot of energy that goes into that Totarian stuff too. So they're they're capitalizing on like that energy and the vibes. Um, you know, that they like there's the rumors that in Disneyland and Disney World they pump out the smells that make you want to go eat and want to buy and all that good stuff. So I don't know how true that is, but uh, Matt, I mean, I'm interested to hear what else you got about this. Well, it's interesting what Brandon was saying, just to add a little bit to it. sure. Uh,
2: Wild Bill was basically the shell company guy, right? He set up all the shell companies. He had a law firm. Um, They went as far as to get these employees of the shell companies, fake IDs, I mean, they they went all out. And then on top of that, while they were buying, like Brandon said, these individual properties under these shell companies, you know, there's whispers going on in the background. You know, who's buying up all this land? Why is all this land? And they were putting out false propaganda that it was Ford, the Ford Motor Company that was looking oh. to buy up the land to kind of distract them. And then by the time they figured out that uh, it was Disney, it, it was too late. You know, he had already bought up like Forty miles worth of uh, it was thirty-seven thousand acres he bought, um, and they bought it at an average of two hundred dollars an acre. By the end, when the whole scenario, everything had settled, it was going for eighty thousand dollars an acre. Damn! So I mean, so like,
0: so, and how? Like, what was the time period? Do you do you have any idea? It was about, the like- in
2: the early sixties, because they built Disneyland in nineteen fifty-five. And then oh, Disney shit. World, they started the, in, in 1965 is when they really got the ball rolling on that. Disney passed away in 66, so never even got to see the fruition of it. Um,
1: and along
2: that, so, so you had Donovan on one side who was doing all the shell companies and then uh, Hellwell was the, the mastermind behind setting up the, the municipalities, right? His idea was to set up these, uh, he called them Phantom Cities, and one of them is called Bay Lake and the other one is uh, Lake Buena Vista. And uh, so it's funny. He, he had this idea, we'll set up these towns, we'll have only certain people can live in them and then they vote, they make all the you know, zoning regulations, they make all the taxes. Well, if you own the town and those people are paying the taxes, where does the tax money go? Right back to you. So all the taxes <laughs> that Disney pays in that area, you know, local go back right into Disney.
0: The best um, scams always uh, just go 360. like Yeah, that, I, mean, I mean,
2: it's you got to give them credit because it's really brilliant. You know, it really is. And and the fact that they're and the funny thing is, even to, to this day, uh, I was looking the other day and in the latest population census that was done in Bay Lake. They have 47 people that live there. And in Lake Buena Vista, it's 10. And only wow. people in those towns that are residents can serve on the council, can vote, you know, so it's they've set up like like Brandon said, they've set up these two little areas that they uh, can basically run it how they deem necessary.
0: Now, it's interesting when you talk about the name. I'm sorry, Brandon. It, it's interesting when you talk about the name Buena Vista. That means good view, if I'm not mistaken. So it's just kind of interesting that they have it just... uh like just a, a weird little thing to say, like, it's, this is a good, this is the good view that we got on the world. You know what I mean? It just seems sketchy, dude, that it, whenever you try and like, it, obviously if you try and find something wrong with what they're doing, you can find it easily. Right. But even in those little intricacies of like how they're naming it, what they're doing with it. Um, it it's just the, the patterns go on and on. But what were you going to say, man?
1: So I was going to say the, the, that all looks creepy. From the get-go, like the the extent to which he has autonomy over this area when he's building this, that all looks creepy. But as I think as Matt, I think you've given him a little bit of credit here. Of like, get, you know, he did it right. He did a, an amazing thing. And you do have to. I am still left here questioning. Look, if it's all for the the good of kids, even if it's not the best way to do it, I'm, I'm still down with it. I'll give you a specific example here and i know that this inversion thought uh plays plays here so there's this fbi uh because because Walt disney wasn't was an informant with the fbi worked with the cia there's uh which i think the cia connections we can get into because the, the disney corporation goes on to 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 become a larger uh bugle for american for american government's propaganda but here's here's one here's one document from the cia uh excuse me the fbi from 1961, um, I can't see. It's from from the director of the FBI. It says, "For the information of the bureau, I met with Walt Disney, head of the Walt Disney Studios, and the uh, and, and he's a contact." It says, "On January 19, 1961, and the conversation drifted into the kidnap, rape, murder of Rose Marie Riddle, six-year-old a six-year-old child who was kidnapped from a labor camp." ...near Shafter, California on January 12th, 1961. I, remember this is the director of the FBI, mentioned to Mr. Disney the program which the director started several years ago... ...involving the distribution of child molester posters so that school children would be impressed with appropriate precautionary measures should they be approached by strangers. Mr. Disney stated that he thought this was a very fine program and then began to express himself along lines that he felt that a non-profit film of a type made by Walt Disney, utilizing some of the animal characteristics which he has made famous, could be very effective in the education of children of tender years against child molesters. The rest of this document talks about how hey we we thought about maybe coordinating maybe uh Disney had said that he wants uh the director of F- he wants Hoover to uh to speak in some kind of a film and that Walt Disney thinks that 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 would make it a more powerful film make the message go a little bit farther. Again, if this guy is all is as powerful as we're claiming him to be, and there's a lot of documentation and history saying that he is, he's a powerful voice, and he's doing things that would combat against child molesting. I say all the all the power all the power to him. Like this is what bureaucracies are built for. There, they are, there are concepts like the fact that when you get kids young, you can train them for the rest of their life. You have a direction on them. But if it's good things that you're teaching them, that's just all well and fine. Now, what about this? When you hear about this program, this child molester program, Matt, what does that rate? Is this just him throwing out red meat saying like, oh, no, I'm a good person. Trust me. Trust me. What? What is? Why doesn't this stand as a a pro for him instead of a con?
2: No, I I think you can look at it. it, It's kind of, I would say it's a little bit of both, right? Uh, In the sense that he did, they did work with the FBI three times, you know, and they uh, tried to portray them in a good light. And if it's being done for that reason, right, to, to promote something that would benefit children, that's great. Now that can't be said for all of his films and documents, right? So, uh, it's the same with the CIA. He, he did at least there's at least a hundred documented, uh, films, movies, et cetera, where the CIA had influence in the production of the film. Now, is that to say all of those were bad? No, I'm sure there were some good ones in there, but it's the ties with those organizations, you know, that make you it raises a red flag right immediately anytime you hear that a company is associated with the cia or the fbi or these an fbi informant it raises a little bit of a red flag
0: anytime even though it's not necessarily bad and in your face there's some sort of subliminal messaging going on and again i can't stress enough how weird it is that the abbreviation for both monarch mind control and the mickey mouse club was mmc and it's not just like I mean, you can Google this. It's, it's, it's very clear. So when you're getting the mind control aspect of it, because the Monarch Mind Control Program, it's not very clear. No one really knows exactly what the Monarch Mind Control Program was. All that we know is that it was part of MKUltra. But then if you look up what it was, it was, like I said, mixing occult, ritualistic type shit with subliminal messaging, trying to create a split personality in someone. And we're seeing so much of this uh, LARPing. This is like the term that a lot of people like to use is LARPing with like, you know, people that are going out there riding and they're poking the bear and they don't think that anything bad's going to come of it. Whether it be the, the people that were raging on uh, January 6th at the Capitol or whether it's BLM and Antifa on a regular basis. Right. It doesn't matter. There's constantly some consequences to what's going to happen, but these people don't seem to see it because they're caught up in trying to promote their uh, agenda or get their shit passed through, whatever it may be, whether it's getting rid of the police, whether it's uh, arresting uh, all white people that are in in existence, whatever it may be. Um, It it seems like all of us as kids watching the same these same programs whether it be again aristocrats lion king jungle book any of these fun movies that don't seem to have any kind of like demonic or um kind of misleading undertones to them there's there's a common theme there and now all all of these kids are grown up you know this is our age group that really this is the first culture that people in our age group are introduced to but it doesn't need to be the last, right? It, this doesn't like like you said, a lot of your family still is all about Disney. Um, and nothing against anyone that's in their 20s, 30s, 40s, that's all about Disney. It shouldn't be the last. It should not be you shouldn't be all about Disney when you're in your 30s, 40s, whatever, you know. It, but it's so programming that a lot of people seem to be very obsessed with it. Almost at an unhealthy level. Dude, I I remember I liked this girl a little while ago that like she said that she wants to get married when she gets married at fucking Disney World. And I'm like, dude, you're (laughs) you're 25 and you want to get married at Disney World with Mickey Mouse as your fucking ring bearer. Like, what are we talking about here? Why don't you want to go to like some nice place in like Florida or like somewhere beautiful rather than Disneyland surrounded by poor people that are sweating their asses off in these mouse costumes and shit and then they're like and these people are tortured dude there's like there's so many accounts of people getting molested at disneyland if you look into it it's not the happiest place on earth it's probably one of the most miserable places on earth for those workers
1: speaking to your uh, the, the the obsession with disneyland you know there's staff members there who have specifically received training on what to do if someone brings a loved one's ashes in them and are planning to spread them? What do you do in that case? Because it got you know it happens so often. The sad part is apparently is that they just sweep them up after they're after they've been uh, after they've been spread, so they don't stay anywhere. Oh obviously. Jesus! Yeah, it's 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 gross,
2: man. To be on Space Mountain behind that ride, you know, <laughs> hey, we're throwing Grandpa off Space Mountain, and next thing you know, you're like, oh, what is that?
1: <laughs> like it's four D. It's four
2: D. Can you
0: imagine, man? You're riding the fucking ride, and you get it's the
2: like, smell, the texture. This is stardust, Dude, and that's folks. The thing, man. Like,
0: it is a cult. It's a freaking cult. Well, and- no, it
2: is. And the more you look into it, that's that's what you have to look at. It is. It's it's it it, it has cult like aspects you know, there's, there's, there's programming, there's, you know, all sorts of elements that you can get into with it. Um, Now, (laughs) one of the things I fight with is, is do I think Disney set this whole thing up to, for a negative purpose? And I would say, you know, no, I don't think he did. But along the way, Certain people infiltrated it and realized we have an opportunity here, especially once he was deceased and it was Roy's company, that it was infiltrated and, and, and we are where we are today. Do you think he was killed? No, 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 no. No, No, he, he was a uh, heavy smoker and uh, they say he died of a heart attack, which was based off of he had lung cancer. So he was not a healthy man by any means. Interesting. And what that's I, kind of the the duality that I was talking about before with Disney that, you know, his public persona was squeaky clean. But as as a, a, a person, he was very flawed. You know, he was a chain smoker. He was rumored to be an alcoholic um, you or know, Nazi family.
0: sympathizer, too. Right.
2: Uh, well, and that's that's another interesting one. I mean, he did a lot of anti-German propaganda, but he also worked hand in hand with Werder von Braun. well and
0: that's the thing too like the the uh like um who was it rockefeller they were uh, funding both sides of the war in world war ii i'm speaking of here so i mean like i think that it is favorable for a character like walt disney to put out anti-german propaganda uh especially anti-nazi propaganda but behind the scenes Maybe give them, uh, you know, two million dollars versus putting a million dollar worth uh, of anti-Nazi propaganda out. You know, that's the whole dynamic that I find interesting, and that may tie back to the duality of man. Um, I know Brandon has something to say, and then I wanted to kind of talk about that thirty, that Club Thirty Three at Disneyland, which is all of Freemasonic. They got the checkerboard floor full of of, of symbolism. And I think that that he was probably trying to live that life, you know what I mean, as far as the duality life. But uh, what, what what do you have, Brandon?
1: Well, yeah. Speaking to Matt, I'll be honest, Matt. I, you are not as much of a a Disney hater as I thought that that you, that you were uh, that you were uh, before you came on here. So I'm really really happy to to hear that because, yeah, I'm perfectly comfortable just thinking that they kind of took advantage of him to a certain extent and fed him. Uh, so that they could take advantage of him even better sure but to a certain extent took advantage of, they were they were really interested in his um, epcot center like his science of tomorrow there's this uh, other document from the fbi this is later in uh, this is in 56 where uh, one of the members of the los angeles fbi branch was visiting with walt disney and disney had mentioned that in connection with his disneyland amusement park that Disney is presently developed was presently developing a Science of Tomorrow section. This later be, went on to become the uh, the Epcot Center. Uh, he raised the question as to whether it would be possible to prepare a display or demonstration of how science is employed by the FBI in law enforcement through its laboratory and identification divisions. So first off, weird. Weird place to be in laboratory and identification divisions. I know around this time they're still possibly playing around with the idea of uh, of, of of DNA. Uh, I don't think they were using it at that time, but this is these are the people who would have been playing with that. So you know you got this guy Walt Disney who's really interested in tomorrow. Their um, their collaboration, by the way, Epcot Center, and then whatever influence the FBI had in this, they came up with like good technologies. I think some. Remember that, that whatever piece of kitchen equipment that they used to sell on, on, on the shopping network, it was the set it and forget it one. It was like a, I think it might've been like a a version of a of a high pressure cooker. They came up with that patents. Like we're, we're all living with the technology that they developed right there, but it's just that because I think you guys think that the FBI and the CIA and other deep state kind of organizations can take advantage of these people to such extent, and they have, what I think we both think of as a endless budget through the Pentagon, um, they can just they can take advantage of whoever they want, whatever they want. And then getting back to the uh, or uh, the the programs that you mentioned earlier, well, yeah, I that, don't think
0: it's uh, a matter of us thinking it. I don't think it's a matter of us thinking it, Brandon. It's pretty well recorded. You know what I mean? It, it seems to be like you know the CIA, the FBI, and agencies that we probably don't even know about. There's something like twenty two uh probably now 23 with space force there's all these different groups that are uh secret secret intelligence like clearance right they infiltrate all these things dude um i found out too that freaking um i don't know if it was the founder of netflix or oh no disney he's a descendant of william the conqueror right so i mean you have all of these people that race to the highest levels they're all fucking related, man. So it's not a matter of us thinking that you know these people that have like the the leg up that that you know it, that's not conspiratorial at all. That's right. pretty easily uh, checkable. You know what I mean?
1: Well, yeah, I think it's yeah, the, and That was one
0: of the things that I was gonna. Oh, go ahead, Brennan. I was just
1: gonna say it's 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 specifically the programs about MK Ultra. I mean, I know that there that there are ideas that it's just a continuing program and it's still going on. Um, When there's those kinds of claims being made, I say that's that's when I question the agency with which you uh, ascribe these agencies. You know, you're you're saying that to a certain extent, the the extent of dissent that we have in our society amongst our population, that's partly them to blame. And it's it's for them that we have to say, hey, you guys put in all these programs to make us believe in red and blue and you split us. That is a lot of agency to ascribe to that agent, to those agencies I'm saying, but Matt, go ahead go ahead.
2: No, I mean, it's, it's, it's just such, when you think about it, the CIA, when they do get involved usually, and, and when we're talking mega companies, I mean, you look at Facebook's, Google's, Disney, they're all involved, especially when there's massive amounts of control possible and money. Yeah. You know, you follow money anywhere and you're going to see the CIA is following up real close behind. Um, And that's where I got I I get with Disney is that I I don't think you get to the level that Disney, the company has gotten to without playing ball. And, And and that's where I think, you know, whether it's. Well, I don't and much to Brandon's chagrin, I don't think it was Disney himself that that wanted it to go this route. I think it was after his death that there was an opportunity. And, you know, over the years, the slow trickle trickle down, it's eventually worked its way to where it is now.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I guess that I'm somewhere in the middle of of where you're at and where Brandon's at. I know that you guys aren't necessarily disagreeing here, but I do think that disney didn't necessarily start his empire wanting to uh control the minds of young children but i think he learned very early on that it was going to go that way and he embraced it fully i think and maybe that's why he lived such an unhealthy lifestyle and he was smoking and and doing all this other shit because he knew like he was like shit i created a monster but it's a cash cow at the same time right i don't care who you are you love money right you know cap or uh, i'm sorry communists and socialists they like to act like money isn't everything but it it is Uh, in in on this world money is very fucking important and money eliminates a lot of your problems and i think that um you know disney which if he was a nazi sympathizer he was a socialist um, I, in my opinion, maybe I'm wrong here, but I think that he would definitely uh, be, like I said, creating a monster, um, but fully embracing it once he saw the ability that he had to shape the way that the world could go to the way he wanted it to go. If any one of us had that power to be like, I want the world to think the same way I do. It's very easy to say that you wouldn't actually capitalize on that, but I think all three of us would, and I think a lot more people than the three of us would. Because if everyone thought the same way that, like in Brandon's mind, if everyone thought the same way Brandon thought, it'd be perfect. In Matt, in your mind, if everyone thought the same way that that Matt thought, it'd be perfect. In my mind, if everyone thought the same way I thought, it'd be perfect. Because it would be perfect for me or you, Brandon, or you, Matt. Right? Everyone wants, like everyone has their own idea of a perfect world. Your utopia is, yeah. And... If you have the ability to shape culture and society in such a way, at an early age for a massive amount of people, I think that a lot of people would would uh, would would jump at that opportunity.
1: Right, and uh, Matt, earlier you talked about uh, other programs uh, that the Disney Corporation. Uh, which is still a, a mat, I don't know how like how close to the top it is, but one of the biggest multimedia producing uh, corporations in the entire world, right? They own uh, ABC. Most I think it's two hundred eighty billion. Yeah, um, one 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 way uh, that not just uh, children were targeted, but uh, the adults were targeted by definitely some ex- some instances of, of propaganda uh, through Disney would have been in the movie The Recruit. Uh, so in the '90s, after uh, the Cold War had ended, the CIA was kind of the public were kind of questioning why are you guys still existing if the main corporate, uh, main enemy that you guys were founded to defeat, is now gone. Um, so the CIA, according to the history books, did a lot of scrummaging around. They were looking around, saying, "How can we justify our existence? Because we need we need dollars. Like it's not like they need to be bad people to be just people." To be bosses who wanted their employees not to get fired, they're they're working they're working out like new ways to to collect intelligence, fighting back public uh, dissension that's saying like why are you guys spying on us now, and just trying to pay their people. So one of the ways they did this, one of the programs that they developed to help with this, to address all these issues was a funding program for Hollywood movies. And I, you mentioned a, a specific, Was well, I think hundreds of movies that had some uh, federal, was some FBI or CIA funding in it because um, they were trying to tweak the image of the CIA. In the 90s, there's this spat of, movie, of spy movies that were just very plainly trying to make the CIA look cool. Um, I know in particular the Jack Ryan series, right? The Hunt for Red October and then all the Jack Ryan series that come out from that from Tom Clancy's books um, were a lot of them funded. And I think you got to you got you to, remember they're maybe giving these movies like $150,000 on paper. That's what at least is what is recorded. These are big budget films, but that every $150,000 goes a long way on these films, especially when you're extending budgets. But The Recruit was a movie that was one of those movies. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it is all about just bolstering the image of the CIA, making it look cool. Uh, and then in, in Zero Dark Thirty, uh, another war, wartime movie, they funded it, but later protested it, saying that, um, hey, how dare this movie Zero Dark Thirty imply that we used torture? in our post nine eleven endeavors. Like how dare they? Now, we don't we don't do that shit. <laughs> like and again all this money is being funneled yeah, right no. fr- right from them. <laughs> um it's this is this is not hidden stuff. This is, this is not stuff that anyone can can talk about. I think it's more a discussion about what do we do about that? Me myself, I heard a great um I heard a great idea saying that at the beginning of every movie that has received some kind of government funding Specifically from like CIA FBI that there be a disclaimer at the front of at the beginning of it saying like hey these the, the US government had some part in in creating this movie. The idea is that this will make the viewer of that movie see whatever film that has that uh, si- that 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 sign on it at the beginning and say well so this is one of those propaganda movies and they're not going to be taken as much with the, the underlying messages uh, uh, held in that movies. Um, what Matt do you think should be done? I mean, I, I don't know if we, we talked a little bit down during the patron episode about what democracy should be doing, what part it should play. Do you trust your vote to be enough to put a check on organizations like this to stop funding the propagandizing of, of, of our youth? I think is, is how you see it.
2: Yeah. And it goes, I don't think it's possible to stop right now, you know, with how big the CIA is, how, how powerful they've become. You know, you're at a point of no return. It's, it's much like the government itself. It's a mess and, and good luck. There's too much money at stake. There's too much power at stake to stop this train. That's like a runaway train right now. You know, I mean, it, it seems like the CIA has their hands in a little bit of everything. Now, some people are like, well, the, it's one organization. How how could they be so far reaching? Well, you got to understand they've been doing it now for almost 60 years, if not a little bit longer, if you count the OSS days. So and and they inherited some very good skill sets from the Nazis in Operation Paperclip. So this is a a monster that's been forming for a long time and you know to say that they can't or won't exert a little influence into what's being put out there in tv and movies and music i think you're past that point of being able to stop it
0: well dude the cia and the fbi they're quasi-government agents i mean they're quasi-governments themselves you know what i mean like they have their own set of rules they don't even have to ask for permission to do a lot of the things they do and, and i mean technically they do have to ask permission but they don't and they operate, uh
1: guys we've got another solid 35 minutes or so of our conversation with matt available for you on the patreon page we get deeper into disney deeper into the prospect of deep state propaganda and uh yeah all that and more is waiting for you here on the Patreon page. That's Patreon.com/slash/DangerousWorldPodcast. That's three dollars. You get access to all of the full-length episodes. See you there.